All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Before we get started, we haven't mentioned our conference in a bit, so don't forget to sign up for Boise Reformation 2022. If you go to reformationboise.com, you can see our conference coming up October 21st and 22nd. We have Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas on the topic of the church. I can't, um, that's got to be at least in the top five most important subjects to talk about in our present day because of the decline of the church. So go to reformationboise.com, sign up there for free. You will not be able to sign up first because I did, which means I get the prize this year. <laughs> the first uh, shall be last. The, the last be first. <laughs> uh, around the table, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed Church, uh, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church, and guest host, Pastor Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. And I'm Josh Bales from The Well Boise. We are talking about resurrection. Last week was Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was too much good stuff to just simply put the period there at the end of the day yesterday. So we are going to talk about the practical effects of Christ's resurrection today. And this is where I think the Heidelberg Catechism really shines. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what a catechism is, it, it doesn't mean Catholic. It's just a question and answer form of teaching. And it's basically like um, a driver's manual um, to the to the Bible. It's very helpful. It asks the most important questions of life and gives the answers. And here, the Heidelberg Catechism asks, um, how does Christ's resurrection benefit us? How does Christ's resurrection benefit us? So let's go through this part by part. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, what's the first part that it benefits us with? The, the answer the catechism gives us is first, by his resurrection, he has overcome death so that he might make us share in the righteousness he obtained for us by his death. So you've got this teaching that happens in, um, in Romans where it's talking about when Jesus Christ died, the death he died, he died once. Um, and so by his resurrection, he has overcome death so that he might make us share in the righteousness to be obtained by his death. And so what is happening here is that his death as the righteous one, the Paul will talk about that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so in his death and resurrection, he took our sin and our shame and our guilt and because of his death and resurrection, we acquire or have imputed to us, um, credited to us, his righteousness. His resurrection um, vindicated the fact that he himself was guiltless and holy yeah. and harmless and undefiled by sin. Mm-hmm. Death couldn't hold him because death can only hold sinners. He was only made a sinner, if you want to use that language, by imputation. Once he paid that price on the cross, there was no sin left in him, and he rose from the dead. And um, this is one of the fundamental differences between um, a, a Roman Catholic view of righteousness and a Protestant view, that we are given an alien righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, when God looks at us, he sees the spotless righteousness of Christ imputed or credited to our account, and it's on that basis that we can stand before a holy God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the mm-hmm. first part. You guys want to I mean, – that's, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we have the imputed righteousness of Christ um, because he rose from the dead. That's what well, he obtained for us by his resurrection. 
just just a reminder what Romans four twenty three and twenty four says. But the words that was counted him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It was counted to us who believe in him, who were raised from the who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Mm. This is the proof that we are also justified before God. Mm. That it was that this was the acceptable sacrifice. Mm. That 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 God received this punishment on our behalf and and he and uh, you know it was true whether or not Jesus was raised from the dead or not. You know, I mean, whether let's see, it was true whether or not people saw uh, this resurrection. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's by many infallible proofs proven that he raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the this is the testimony that he was raised for our justification as well. That's right. Yep. Did. Uh... Did somebody mention Second Corinthians five twenty one yet? I don't want to repeat myself no. because that's always one of my favorite verses. Of, I mean, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that double imputation. Yeah. You know, Christ mm-hmm. was made righteous or bore our sin, and he would, our sin was accredited to him, and his righteousness is accredited to us by God's grace through faith. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's. So we're going through, um, Heidelberg asked the question, how does Christ's resurrection benefit us? And if you're a, a listener um, and you, 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 you don't see the connection between doctrine and application, that, this is where the Heidelberg shines. It, it gives us the doctrine of Christ's resurrection and then it gives us the personal application. So the second answer to how does Christ's resurrection benefit us is second, by his power, we too are already raised to new life. And this is where Romans 6 is so powerful and clear. Um, and what Romans 6 is doing, Paul is is answering this question from Romans 5 where, where the he's just set forward, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, um, what that means is that God's grace is always greater than sin, where sin increases, grace superabounds, is always more. And so then the response could be, well, if that's true, then why don't I just sin so that grace is manifest, so, so that I, I magnify the grace of God because sin accentuates the grace of God. And Paul's answer is, no, what accentuates the grace of God is your participation, your union with Christ in him, both his death and his life, mm-hmm. that what accentuates the grace of God is that with the crucifixion, crucifixion of Christ, you, your sinful nature, truly died with him. Mm-hmm. And you have been set free from the bondage of sin. You no longer have to obey sin as your master because it, your sinful nature died with Christ and you were raised with Christ and you have a newness of life. And now you're, you can live in the power of that resurrected life. Mm-hmm. And that's what highlights the grace of God, not sin. Mm-hmm. It's our new life. But new life. Yeah. And that new life is yours in the resurrection. And, that, and, and you've referenced and summarized what it says there in Romans chapter 6. Let me just read verse 4 of there. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. This is the union that we have with him. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Yep. Mm. Yep. 
Well, and, and just to do a contrast between a Christian and a non-Christian, a non-Christian is still enslaved to sin. Yeah. A non-Christian is still under the penalty of sin. Uh, a non-Christian is um, not new, but they are dead in their sins. A Christian, once um, the, the um, once they become a Christian through by grace through faith, everything is 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 new. They are made partakers of the divine nature. All the great and precious promises apply to them. They are a new creature. Second Corinthians five seventeen. So there's this vast dividing line in the in the human race, not between black or and white and and men and women, but between Christian and non Christian. Christians are actually spiritually alive because of the resurrection. And another good passage that highlights this is Ephesians two verses four and following. That you know, while we were dead in our trespasses and sins, we have been made alive together with Christ. And it doesn't you know stop there. We've been made alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I mean, all of those are verbs that are given action. That something that's already been done. Yep. So we have been raised. We have been seated with Him. I mean, it's just a marvelous thing that God has done for us, and his work for us is so sure that Paul can talk this way. In the past tense, amen. Yeah. And Paul then gives from the indicative to the imperative, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal right. body to make you obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the, the implication I, I'm not going to to endorse sinless perfection, yeah. but I am going to endorse the idea that sin no longer is our master, yeah. and we're not under its bondage, and we are not its slave. Amen. That we have resurrection life, and we have now the ability and power to live in newness of life, where sin no longer reigns in our hearts and lives, and we are to present ourselves, we are to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ, and we're to live in the fullness of that resurrection um, reality that is now ours in and through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that should be what we preach to ourselves every day. That's what it means to preach the gospel, that when we encounter temptation in our life, we say, no, I'm dead to that. Mm -hmm. But I'm alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we can, by the power of the Spirit, with the empowerment that comes as those in Christ Jesus can say to sin, no, you're not my master. Amen. Yep. And I'm going to offer myself as an instrument of righteousness. And and so I think we just we allow sin too much influence in our life because we don't reckon what is true about us in Christ, that That's we're right. dead to sin and alive in him. That's right. And this is one of the reasons, as you mentioned, that Paul spent so much time in a lot of his letters emphasizing who we are first. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into Today. what that means. Yep. So we need that constant reminder of who we actually are That's in Christ. Right. So the third benefit the Heidelberg uh, brings us to, how does Christ's resurrection benefit us? So goes the question. Third, Christ's resurrection is a sure pledge to us of our blessed resurrection. Amen. 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 This is uh, what Paul was arguing about in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, Some of the the Greek philosophy had infiltrated the Corinthian assembly where they were denying a physical bodily resurrection. And then he goes through, well, if if there is no resurrection, then um, Christ wasn't raised. And if Christ wasn't raised, then our preaching is in vain, and you are dead in your sins, and your faith is in vain, and those who have perished um, are are dead. We are the most to be pitied. You, You flip that on its head, well, 
since there is a resurrection of the dead, yeah. since Christ did um, r- rise from the dead, then all of those things are actually true. Our faith is not in vain. Our preaching mm-hmm. is the best message that's ever been preached from the beginning of the world, that we have a Savior who has risen from the dead, that um, our, our sins are paid for, that those who have perished are in paradise with God right now. So this idea of a, of a future resurrection based on Christ is the hope. That, that we have as Christians. I haven't, uh, being, you know, Westminster guy, I haven't uh, spent much time in the Heidelberg Catechism, but I should. I mean, I really love the wording here because, I mean, that word blessed. Um, I think we need to remember all human beings are going to be resurrected. And if you're listening today, it doesn't matter if you believe in Christ or not, you will be resurrected. And the difference is, will your resurrection be a blessed resurrection mm-hmm. in Christ or will it be a cursed condemned resurrection uh, to hell forever. And that's what's put before us. There's this wonderful verse in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Amen. And that's really the essence of Christ's resurrection is a sure pledge. Yeah. As Christ has gone, so will we. We bore the image of Adam but we also now will bear the image of Christ in our resurrection that mm. what's true of him has to be true of us because we're united inseparably with him. Mm-hmm. And if he's been resurrected, we have to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's the sure pledge, the, the blessed resurrection that awaits every child of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, we hope that you have benefited from these programs. If you've missed any of them, just go wherever you subscribe to your podcast, The Gospel for Life, and you can catch up on past shows. We hope to see you next time.